Many brands focus on being visually appealing, but they lack soul. In this week's podcast, we speak with Minling Chong, a brand soul activator and expert on how you can bring feelings into your brand. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill with W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin with Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia with The Spark Social. And together we make up the The Marketing Marketing Essentials Essentials team. team. So today... What do we have for our guest today? We have Min Ling Chong. She's a brand soul activator. Let me give you a little bit of background. Absolutely. So she is a brand soul activator and mentor for impact-driven entrepreneurs. She's a founder of Brand Fame and co-founder of Fame for Good. She has over eight years of experience in branding and marketing. She's worked with brands such as Nestle, Toll House, Lean Cuisine, and Toyota. Wow. She's also been featured in Forbes, Mind Valley, The Huffington Post, and BuzzFeed, just to name a few. And Minling helps our clients from entrepreneurs to small business owners to strategically evolve their brands and market and position themselves so they become an eye-popping it brand that turns heads. So welcome, Minling. How are you? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So that's really exciting stuff, helping a brand become an it brand, right? Yes. Yes. It's a lot of fun to do for sure. (laughs) That is. And we love branding. We love all things marketing here, but I think that your topic really brings a new perspective to branding. So to you, what is a brand? So everybody thinks of brand as a visual component, the website, the logos, and the graphics, but it's not the case. So a brand is the perception that you build in somebody's mind. So the visuals are part of it, but it's also the messaging that you have, the feeling that you create, the experiences that you create. So it's all around creating a positive uh, perception in your consumer's mind, in your client's mind. So that's what you want to really think about when you are thinking about branding yourself. So a brand is a culmination of all those things and um, those positive attributes and those positive feelings is what creates the brand affinity and the brand loyalty. Awesome. So I think the word feeling like really sticks out to me because we kind of just like glaze over that. We're like, these are the colors I like, and this is the font style I like, and this is who I want to be on my website. But feeling, that's like a really interesting approach to creating a brand. So I think my first question, Minling, would be when you're creating these types of brands, does it work for every type of business? Yes. Feelings are the most important thing because 95% of all purchases are made out of an emotion, a feeling base. And so, you know, people always say like, oh, I had that gut feeling I need to buy that, or I just felt like it, right? So those words are being used in, you know, everyday purchases and it it sparks something inside of you that you want to go ahead and make a purchase, not always a rational decision. And so having a strong feeling builds actually brand loyalty. And I always go back to like some of my top favorite brands that are out there. I always go back to like Tom's, for example, Tom's, like their shoes are decent. They're not like, you know, uh, 
super stellar brand like shoe or anything like that, but they evoke emotion inside of the consumer. And so because they were able to evoke this feeling of like, you are doing good by purchasing our shoes, they have done really well in the business. And I personally have a strong affinity for them. And I've have like probably over nine or 10 pairs of shoes from them because of this. And it was not because of like the look and feel of their shoe was because of the feeling that they gave me when I, you know, purchase a shoe, when I go to their stores. So that's why feeling so important, whether you're a brick and mortar store, um, or you're even a B2B company as well too. People buy from people, people buy from people that they trust and brands that they trust. So the more that you can build that trust through feeling and experiences, the more likely you're going to have the sale. So what if you're a service-based and you don't have a product? Like, Do you have any examples of service-based businesses that focus and do really well on the feeling or bringing feeling into their brand? Yeah. Service-based businesses is a huge component of feeling because you're buying from somebody that um, you have to trust in terms of their service, in terms of their delivery. So for example, I have a client that I'm working with. He's a music DJ. He uh, DJs around the world for different events. And when we were working on his brand, we wanted to see like what makes him different than all the other DJs that are out there. So DJ is a very service-based um, industry. What we found was that you know, one of the things that he did really well was he was able to create these lifelong memories and bonds on the dance floor based off of the way that he did storytelling with his music, the way that people connected with him on and off the dance floor. So we were able to um, create a different type of message. So what we were, we built into his brand was um, the saying more than music. And it's all about creating epic memories that last a lifetime. And so that's an emotion that's a feeling that's what these visionary festivals and these visionary, you know, um, corporate events really want. They want their audience to have that bond because if they're bonded on the dance floor, um, at these events, they're going to come back. And so he's an integral role in the experience and we're building him that way versus just another DJ, which anybody can do. Yeah. And I bet you he can charge more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Sure. So at least if somebody is kind of like skeptical on, I don't need to think about feeling for my branding, yeah. you can always bring it back to, well, did you know you can charge more when you do stuff like this you, as part of your branding? <laughs> you can charge more. And I've worked with like consulting companies as well too. And we've had to work on, you know, understanding why they were different in the market. And what was this consulting company that I worked with? Like the, the main differentiator was that he helps people actually execute the projects because, um, because, a lot of consulting companies would come in and just just do the work and leave. And he didn't like that when he was on the other side. And so he built his consulting company in a way that helps embed themselves in the culture of the organization to help them not only strategically figure out what they need to do, but also execute it. And so that gives their clients more peace of mind that they're going to get exactly what they wanted. So, you know, peace of mind is a feeling as well too. So even if you have like a service-based business that is not as fun as a DJ company, right? You can look at ways that you make your clients' lives better. And by doing that, you evoke a feeling inside of them. I love that. Mm. So... If you're working with someone, what would you say is the key to getting someone to this point? Like, how do you, 
how do you even start? Like, how do you extract feelings from a business or a company? Um, you know, we're not asking for your, your inside process, but just kind of like tips on getting started. How do you start that conversation with clients? Yeah, a lot of um, the way that I work with my clients is to do a deep dive session with them and really understand why they got into business, what was behind the rationale of them starting. Because usually people start businesses more than just making money. I mean, there's people that just want to make money, but you know, heart-centered businesses, businesses in general want to solve a problem. They see like a need, they want to change something in the industry. You can look at like Uber, you know, they want to disrupt the, you know, they were tired of like trying to find taxis, you know, and, and not working. So there's some kind of reason or there's some kind of why behind every business. So you want to understand what that reason is. And then you can start to look at, okay, if this is the reason why I wanted to start the business in the first place, then you can get to the emotional feelings of like, okay, it was because like, it was very crappy of like taxis not coming to me and I wanted something simpler, you know, whatever it is for your business and um, to really tap into why you even started in the first place. And then also, what do you believe is true? What do you believe is a better way? You know, um, it's important to, to put a stake in the ground of saying like, this is the better way of doing things. And that's, uh, that's important when you are talking to, you know, potential clients or marketing yourself, because that's going to be what differentiates you. So I always say, especially like in the very beginning of my business, I always say web um, branding is not the website logos or graphics. And everybody was like, what do you mean? It's not that, especially in the entrepreneurial space, because everything was tied to like, I need a brand. So I need a website. I was like, no, these are two separate things. You do not need a website. Well, you having a website is not having a brand. And having a brand doesn't mean you have to have the best website. I mean, that helps. You have to have certain other things in place. But, you know, um, you have to have that um, stake in the ground, that that line in the ground, um, your truth of what it is that is better for people. And you want to go ahead and stake that claim and um, share that with your audience. Speak your truth. So that was one thing I was reading about in one of your articles, one of your many articles, how do you speak your truth continuously and authentically? Do you have any tips on that? Yeah, well, speaking your truth has to mean like it's something that you resonate with personally. So it's a cause or an issue or something in the industry that you just are fed up with that you don't like or you know, if your competitors are saying this and it gets you riled up, like that's how I know that that's your truth because you believe in something else. It's a conviction. It's a value. It's something that you strongly believe in because you strongly believe in it. It's easier for you to then speak about it on a consistent basis versus um, if it's like, oh, I think I should say this. Oh no, I'm going to forget like, oh, let me, let me go back because there was something really important. Like when it comes to branding, branding has to be very authentic to you. When you're inauthentic with your brand, it's harder to be that brand every case. So when I first started, like I wanted to be like more, you know, witty in terms of my voice, because I was like, Oh, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants somebody that's funny or witty and all this stuff. But it was very hard for me to keep that, that persona ongoingly. So back to the truth, like if your truth is not something embedded into who you are and your DNA and what you believe in, it's going to be harder for you to then maintain that persona. So you want to go ahead and maintain that persona by 
finding what is really at the core of your truth and what you believe in, because the stronger you believe in it, the stronger you can speak it, the easier it is for it to come out of you. And because of that, then people can start to feel it and you'll, you'll be able to say it on a more consistent basis. So for example, like I don't have talking points here because I know what I want to talk about, what I believe in, and I'm sharing what I'm believing. So I'm kind of modeling it for you as well, too, because this is what I know to be true to work for my clients. And that's why it's so easy for me to share it in this way without having to have talking points or stray from my message. Very Mm -hmm. true. I think when I started talking about social media and like how it can help businesses grow, I could talk for hours. Oh yeah, she could. I'll go with that. Yeah. Well, actually that's kind of why we have a podcast because each one of us has like our own passion, our, I mean, belief in what we do is going to help small business owners. So when you get Bill talking about drones and photography, Mm -hmm. like who knew you could pull so much information out about drones, right? But we have podcast after podcast. Drone on for days. Drone on for days. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He's also the king of (laughs) puns. Oh, I love it. I love it. I have a, I have a question actually. Um, so I'm, my role here on the team is the branding and design person. So I, everything that you've said so far, I completely agree with. It's, you know, basically just, you know, amen sister. So, (laughs) but I'm interested in, you know, thinking about what Bill does with photography and videography is that something that you go into your clients with to say, all right, we've, we've developed a brand. We found your truth. Now here are some of the ways that you can communicate your brand. And obviously website is one way to get your message out, Mm -hmm. but do you deal with uh, imagery? Do you deal with photography and videography or do you not take them that far? So it depends on the client. I have taken them that far. It depends on what packages or services that um, you know I work with them on. But definitely with websites, I have done that with some of my clients and figured out, okay, what um, image do they want to portray out there? So yes, definitely. I think you're absolutely right with images. Images can enhance what it is that you're trying to say with your mm-hmm. brand. Where I think mm-hmm. people fall short is they try to do the images before they um, understand what their brand is about. And that makes them feel more like an imposter because they don't know what they're actually um, doing the shoot for or how they want the look and feel to be and what their brand stands for. So it's harder for them to actually create the imagery around that. So yes, I do do that, but it also needs to come after the brand strategy. So that's why I always say, you know, if you're wanting to create a website, that's great, but you want to figure out your brand before you do that and understand what you stand for and how you want to come across in your brand before you go ahead and hire a designer. Because when you hire a designer, they have a specific look and feel, but if you are able to direct them in the way that you want them to go, then it's going to be more true to you versus what the designer is known for. And that's like a big difference in true branding and just hiring a designer. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think uh, one of the first questions I ask a client is, you know, what is your brand? You know, tell me about what you are and what you do. Because from my end of things, it's very hard to do an image or a video without knowing that because I could be way off target if, right. as yeah. far as the emotion that's trying to be uh, portrayed in those videos and those images. Right. I mean, if you don't, yeah. know, if you don't know what your why is, mm-hmm. you can't communicate that effectively. Correct. 
No. And then it's hard for like, like you said, the videographer or like the web designer to create anything. Then you're spinning around in circles mm-hmm. being like, no, I don't think it's that, but maybe try this and maybe try that. And then maybe, and you're trying to build something out of like, mm-hmm. like no direction. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a direction, it's so much easier for then you to, for you to be then like, okay, I know which direction I want to go. I know where the GPS is headed. I'm going to head in that direction. Even if I like take a little wrong route, like it'll redirect me back to um, the the direction that I'm supposed to go. Sure, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's another point from one of your articles, highlight your unique energetic frequency. Mm -hmm. So frequency, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I think a lot of business owners, again, they focus on the you know, more basic side of branding, but like with frequency, how can this help a brand be more authentically them? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, just a little background in this as well too. And then I'll go into your question because everybody's kind of going to be like, what does energy have to do with like branding yeah, at all? True. So yeah. like, what, what is this? What are you talking about in terms of energy? So um, I've been doing a lot of deep work, not only in branding, I've been doing it for over 10 years in branding, but also personal development and energy work. And what I found to be true for me and what I believe in now and how I work with my brand or any brands, especially personal brands, um, is understanding the energy behind the brand. So everything is energy. Everything is emitting out energy, whether it's words, images, whatever it is, there's a frequency level, there's an energetic vibration that it's emitting out into the universe or to your audience or whatever that is. And so every brand also has an energetic frequency. You can um, tell the difference between Walmart and that frequency versus a Nordstrom or like, um, or any other higher end companies, right? Because of the messaging that they put out. So there's an energetic vibration, neither is wrong or good or bad. It's just like a different energetic feel to them. You know, like Walmart feels cheaper if you, that's the energy vibration that they're leading with. And then like Nordstrom's, it's, it's more premium. Mm-hmm. And so... So when you start to look at your own energetic frequency, you really want to look at, you know, what your core values are. What is your beliefs? What are you, um, you know, the most passionate about learning, about sharing? Um, what is it that you you your values are? It's really about your values. It's like what do you believe in as your values that you want to put out there that you want to share with somebody else? Um, because that's how you then are seen in the market. If you value giving back, if you value, um, you know, helping other entrepreneurs, whatever it is, I'm just trying to make up like different um, examples. Going back to the DJ, here's an example. He values connection. He values love. Not all DJs value connection and love. They just want to love the music and they want to play. But because he values connection and like, and love and, and really getting to know somebody, his music bonds people together. He's interested in the bonds versus other musicians. Musicians just want to play music because they love music, which is not bad. So it's just a different energy frequency because he values something differently. So he's putting that into the space and that becomes the forefront and, and part of the core of his brand. I, I had a question. Yeah. So in regards to your own branding, mm-hmm. uh, do you find that being clear about the way you work and what you're bringing to this process, um, as you became more true to your own brand, did you find that your clients shifted that the people that you were working with sort of changed over time? Yes, for sure. Because 
you are the attraction for everything that you get. So what you put out there attracts, you know, the right clients of clients to you. So a lot of my clients are definitely a lot more spiritual or um, at least open into, you know, mindset work, um, energy work, um, interested in those things as well too, because I've been talking more about it or, or really are heart centered entrepreneurs that are looking for just like deeper connection, not just, you know, the, the surface level connection. So yes, a lot of my, uh, my clients that come to me are more heart-centered, spiritually based, um, uh, or at least open to this type of work. Because I think it's important for you to define, um, you know, who your clients are in this way. So if you figure out like, this is what I stand for, this is, you know, the the energetic frequency I want to put out, then, then your clients will match whatever that is. So you then look at, okay, do I want to work with these people and these, um, and how do I want to work with them? And how do I want to serve them? And it was a, a journey for me to even figure out on my end as well too, because I was teaching branding, 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 just like um, just the strategy, strategy, strategy. And then once I uh, really tuned into like what was what I was passionate about, which was the mindset work and also the energy work and all these things and how to fuse these things together, that's when things shifted in my business as well too. And now I help people find the true essence of who they are so they can speak their truth and fully embody their brand. That is the core of what I do in any business, whether it's a personal brand or a bigger business or a corporation is to find their truth, find their essence so that they can be the fullest version of their brand. Yeah. I think in, in turn, so when you are putting out this frequency and this type of energy about who you want to work with, and you attract more clients who are in line and resonate with you. Now, when you work with them, you create more positive energy. Like, think about that. We all have that client that, or at one point we had that client who we took on <laughs> because they were willing to pay that retainer. But we knew in our, you know, deep down that they just weren't a fit for us. And think about the energy that happened. Like once you were working with that person or that client or on that project, and you just kind of like procrastinate it or dread it, like, you know, getting the work done because you knew deep down that like that energy just wasn't there. And maybe, you know, I think looking at my own business and we, we still are working on this, like putting that energy out there about who, you know, who we are, what feeling do we give our clients and how can we bring this into our brand, especially when everyone, you know, looks at us digitally, you know, we show up more with video because we want people to know who we are, um, personality wise. And I think like, um, just, just kind of putting yourself out there and not, and not swaying, like just even if you have like a, a mantra or an affirmation every day, like this is who we are, this is what we enjoy. And these are the types of people that, you know, we're going to bring back into our, our sphere to work with. So to me, you know, it, it can have positive benefits that we don't even realize if we're not focusing on the right energy. Yeah. In a nutshell, clients, fewer clients that suck the life out of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, those yes. ones. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's so important because who, who you're not going to enjoy your life if you're going to like work with <laughs> clients that you don't like. Right. And so, and you're just um, taking away time from the clients that you do like mm-hmm. and attracting more of those. And, you know, I believe in an abundant world, there's infinite number of clients that will come to you and different, different opportunities that will come to you. And so if you say yes to the clients you don't want, then energetically you're putting out there, you're just going to take anything. But if you're um, steadfast and saying like, okay, these are the type of clients that I'm calling in and really strong in that intention, then those clients are going to come to you or you get opportunities like being on this podcast, you know, to, um, to, uh, put yourself out there to those right clients. 
I agree 100%. And uh, I, I really, I just strongly believe that any business can work on really bringing more to their brand and bringing like that, but it's hard, right? So any business can benefit is basically what I'm saying, but I think it's hard for them to think outside the box, right? Like you're inside the jar and you can't read the label. So like working with someone, a brand expert can pull this energy out of you and kind of coach you through the steps you need to take to make your message clear. So on that note, um, Minling, do you, I, you talked about the DJ and some of the bigger brands you've worked with. Is there any examples that you want to share of a business that you're working with where you've, you've brought them through this experience and they've seen a difference in their business? Yes. Yes. One of my clients, she's a lawyer and she wanted to break into the online industry and really service entrepreneurs with, um, you know, having the right contracts, making sure that they were legally protected. But there were other lawyers in the space, like people could go to their local lawyers. There are like legal zoom that's out there. People could just download and get all this information. So we had to look at, you know, how to position her in the market. And what we found was that she was perfectly suited to help those entrepreneurs that were looking at growing and expanding their business. So they may have been a solopreneur, but now they're doing either more group programs or they have more people that they're hiring. And we call them the tipping point entrepreneurs who were about to go to their next level. And they needed to be legally protected by somebody that knew what was going on in that industry. And because she was um, been learning more about the industry and been um, doing that for over a year, we found that she was the perfect person to be that voice for them to protect them legally because she knew the online industry. She was able to understand the nuances, which LegalZoom doesn't know, which the um, the local law agencies or law firms don't know either. She was able to put the right language into her contracts and also guide her um, clients in a way that was specific to them and their industry. And this actually took her business from making um, just a little bit under six figures to multiple six figures once we were able to find this piece. And she really credits this work um, for helping her find you know, her voice and, and understand her place in the market and how she could leverage her expertise in the market. That's amazing. I love that. That's so powerful. And I hope that the listeners really were able to pick up and, and gain some more insights. So um, the last note is when can a business, you know, is it a new business or somebody who's in a transition or somebody who's been in business? When can they start working on this stuff? When can they go back? You know, like if they're like, well, I, I have a brand, but I don't have all these additional layers. Can they go back and work with someone like you, Min Ling? Is it too late? Well, you've been in business four years. Well, you're screwed. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help. No, no just kidding. Um, no, it's great. That's a great question. I'm going to address the, the people that have been in business for a while um, that are looking to um, create their brand or recreate their brand. Rebranding is very, very important for you to stay relevant in mm -hmm. this day and age. So if you find... And I've worked with many clients to rebrand them as well too. They've had 
success in their business, but they are looking at, wait, it doesn't feel right anymore. It feels off. I'm missing something. I want to go bigger. I think a lot of people, when they think of branding, they think of it it as a one and done deal, but it's not the case. Every brand that's out there that's been around has to evolve, has to keep on growing, has to constantly look at the brand or else they become extinct. If you look at Blockbuster, if you look at like Sears, they were all big brands that went extinct because they didn't constantly evolve with the changing times. And so if you are a business that feels like something is evolving and changing inside your business or inside your industry, definitely look at rebranding for sure, because that's going to help you stay relevant. If you are a newer entrepreneur, I also do work with some newer entrepreneurs and also um, within personal branding. What I like is if you already have some kind of knowledge base that you want to then share. I don't want to, you know, sound um, mean or rude, but like you kind of have to know a general direction of where you want to go <laughs> because it makes it easier for me to then help you. And if you don't have those um, pieces then there are like free stuff that I have to help you to get there, but you want to have some sort of clarity in the direction that you want to go, whether you want to start, you know, a social media agency, whether you're a brick and mortar and you just want to start, it can't be in this like idea la la land. Um, because <laughs> yeah. Because it's harder for us to get grounded in the tactics that you need. You have to already have some kind of um, commitment to moving towards whatever it is that you want to create, have some knowledge base in that as well too. Because um, if you are a personal brand and you want to be an expert, you should have expertise in that area already. And then we can work on then looking at how to leverage your strengths in order for you to be positioned correctly in the market. I imagine you probably refer some people to business coaches first to get yes. them that base before you can really work with them. Yes. Some, sometimes I do as well too. You just have to have a point of clarity and then we can go ahead and then figure out how to position you in the market and then work on the right strategies to then market yourself in the market as well. That's amazing. I think those are all really great points. There's a lot of information in this podcast, but I think, you know, it gives the listeners, it definitely gives the listeners a lot to consider mm-hmm. and, you know, a great way to wrap up that even if you already have a brand, never stop evolving and growing and, and adding those layers in. So Minling, if somebody is looking to work with you and bring their brand to the next level, how can they find you? Yeah. So they can go to my website, brandfameschool.com. If they're interested in working with me, I usually do like a 20 minute consult call just to see, you know, where you're at, see if I can help you. You can go to brandfameschool.com forward slash let's talk. Um, So that's one way. And then if you are interested in just getting my free guide, you can go to brandfameschool.com. There is a link to my free it brand guide to unbland your brand. Um, That's a tongue twister, but it's a fun... (laughs) fun title that everybody seems to love. Um, so you can grab that there as well. And we'll put all those in the show notes. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We want to make sure people can connect with you. Menling, thank you so much for yes, conferencing thank you. in. Thank uh, you. You're on West Coast time. So uh, thanks for, you know, working with our schedule and we really enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And with that, I think we're at the end of another podcast and until next Yay. week. See ya. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, you can find the back episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Both of them are the Marketing Essentials team. You can find us on the web at marketingessentialsteam.com. 
And if you subscribe through our website, you'll receive a weekly email and letting you know when each episode has been published. Also, you'll receive a link to subscriber-only content. You can also find us on Facebook and our private Facebook group. Just search Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. It's a great place for other marketing professionals and business owners where we can share marketing advice, challenges, and general trends. Hope to see you there.